Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Get The Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and one of the Dadley boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite, we also review NXT, Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-views, we have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture as i said though joined by michael sidgwick and sir we are gathered here we are socially distanced here today for now at least to talk about who really is the next contender for the aew world title and of course the catalyst for all this because it's fairly obvious this time last week who the number one contender was was hangman pages shock loss to Brian Cage on this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. I know you talked about it on the review, but just now you've had a few days to uh, take it in. Your reaction to that again? It's just unbelievable. On so many levels, the booking of this and indeed this company at large is just unbelievable. So what happened was there was a feeling, a nagging feeling throughout the last couple of weeks that they were kind of artificially elevating Hangman Page somewhat in that he was picking up the odd win on Dynamite against not particularly distinguished opponents. Uh, Max Caster's got banter potential, um, but he's not there yet, and that match wasn't particularly great. It didn't really feel like this big number one contenders and effect match that was being billed as quite suddenly on um, commentary. Cesar Bononi, he beat him in two minutes, and it just, it just felt like a squash. But at the same time, didn't feel like some kind of out of nowhere, just push anyone sort of deal. We know the whole overarching storyline at which Hangman Page is at the centre. It's been so meticulously and beautifully and dramatically crafted. Um, at its very best, this might scan as pretentious. I do not care. It's almost profound. This felt like a rushed way to finish it and thought, all right, okay, well, you might not win it the first attempt. It was all a bit... Double or nothing, really, this has got all out written all over it. Mm. Absolutely wonderful masterstroke of booking that was faithful to Hangman Page's arc as someone who just cannot ease this anxiety, this doubt. It all felt very fast, sudden and easy and not true to the Hangman Page character. Not only have they stayed true to the Hangman Page character, not only have they had him lose at almost the last hurdle to 
a awesome heel stable that really quite needed reheating. Mm. It's always fun to have Taz get like irrationally annoyed at something with a click of her fingers and for him to pounce his goons, his actual goons, not Cutler and Nakazawa, which I still find hilarious. Mm. As good as all that is, you still need them to be a credible narrative threat and they emerged as one on Wednesday. And it's just so dramatic and wide open and laden with mystery and intrigue as to what actually happens with this world title picture now. It felt so sprawling. It felt like there were so many different contenders in the mix. You couldn't converge it together. It was fun to speculate. It's AEW's job to converge and tie everything together, and yet they've just unraveled it all the more mm. at a point where you thought it was finally coming together. In terms of suspense, drama, how much you want Hangman Page to get there, but not this way, and how they're not actually doing it this way. I just thought it was all completely perfect. Um, Brian Cage looked like a beast. Hangman Page was attacked before the bell in a sort of beautifully measured pre-match attack that meant the victory was almost asterisked, but not quite enough for it to feel cheap. I just thought all of it was a multifarious master stroke. Yeah, we talked on uh, on Thursday about it being comparable to the, the Cody and Brody uh, confrontation. Um, in terms of the fact of, I think you said yourself, you were sat there after, I don't know, four minutes going, bloody hell, this is going to have to be a big comeback from Hangman Page to make it believable. And then, oh, and that's it. It's all over. Um, just, just, you know, rare you get genuine shocks like that uh, without it being, you know, a big main event, you know, concern immediately and I, I was you know stunned on Thursday morning and then pleasantly so and, and I really enjoyed the entire Dynamite episode as a result of that a quick word on Brian Cage then obviously he beats Hangman Page has he put himself potentially in contention in contention for the world title Wilborn, I'm not a good enough podcaster. I'm sorry. I am going to filibuster my way through what would be dead air because I have not actually checked the rankings here they are I was lying so the rankings as of Wednesday, April 2021. They have not been updated. It's not my fault for not looking. I knew they update them on a Friday evening before we record. Um, Page wasn't in the top five. He mm. was not in the top five. As of Wednesday, April 28. Um, I was just stunned to see, stunned to see uh, Orange Cassidy so high up on those. Well, 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 well. I mean, I'm happy to see him so high up there. One of the reasons why it's stunned and this is an issue is that a lot of 80, um, Orange Cassidy's wins this year either have taken place on Dark or if more of them have been taking place on Dynamite, they haven't done a good enough job of saying, you know, watch out for Cassidy's climbing up those ranks. Mm. Like, they've got a good system. They should sell it more and it's not enough to do a ticker tape along the bottom of the Dark results because I don't ever look at them. No. I appreciate to an extent that they are there. But ultimately, um, they need to do more to get these rankings over because um, it's of quite pivotal of, of quite pivotal importance. So Page was number one um, at eight nil. He's eight one now. Cassidy was at six nil. He's at seven nil now. Moxley was, was five one at three. Pack was four nil at four and ten. He didn't just get it by accident. He was seven one. Mm. Um, dark elevation you don't really think of someone like 10 respectfully as like a top contender for a title even though he's just obviously challenged for one they need to do more with these rankings mm. what i would do is just i know the time is already at a premium on that show is i would do 
not necessarily a dark recap in itself, but I would go through the rankings and I would just do recaps of, and you can use it to market your goddamn show, a minute-long recap of the rankings. It really doesn't have to be that long at all. A minute-long recap saying that making headway, like Top of the Pops, Orange Cassidy is beating such and such on Dark Elevation, which you can watch wherever you get your Dark Elevation from. YouTube, <laughs> watchwrestling.la, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, paid. Brian Cage wasn't in the rankings. I think he had a really good um, record in 2020. He was up there for the longest time, hence why he challenged for both the um, World and TNT titles um, across 2020 and 2021. No one knows how these have worked. Then maybe the artwork, that's the exact um, problem. But they could easily say something to the effect of, apparently in college football in America, um, college American rugby, as I like to call it, because <laughs> it's not football. Um, they do some kind of convoluted system where one win has more weight to another. Mm-hmm. And that can propel a team up the rankings. Like it's better to beat Man United than it is to beat um, just off the top of my head a team like Colchester United. Mm. I'm sorry, Close. Will. Close. Chesterfield. Oh, Chesterfield. It's got a Chester in it. Yeah, God, no. It didn't land. Anyway, you <laughs> know what I mean? They could use Brian Cage and his win over Hangman Page to say, right, he's beating the top contender. So that like propels him up the rankings mm. because it means more than it would over... I don't want to pick on someone, but you know what I mean? Someone on dark. Mm. I'm just looking at just very quickly looking at the the roster and his his record. I don't know if this again. I don't know if this has been updated following Dynamite this week. Ten and two overall in 2021. Uh, he's got a three and one singles record, five and one tag team record, and a two and zero trios record. Um, so only so at best he's got a four and one singles record off the back of that Hangman page. Yeah, it might go up because of the fact that it's Hangman Page is a bigger mm-hmm. scalp than mm-hmm. most. But at the same time. If we're looking for a double or nothing main event, right? I love Brian Cage in the ring. I love him in Team Taz. Even looking beyond the uh, at present all heel dynamic with Kenny Omega, if in fact they do the Brian Cage babyface turn, which has been heavily teased, and then pair him with Omega in the main event of double or nothing. Like, I don't think that is a proper big four AEW main event, particularly mm-hmm. Wilborn, since they're doing blood and guts on TV. Yeah. And they are doing blood and guts on TV what, three or four weeks before Double or Nothing itself. That's a huge match, an absolutely enormous match that maybe has been in the plans before it was for that specific date before it was revealed that NXT was moving nights and they just thought, you know what, it's useless to... What I'm getting at is that they must have something big at Double or Nothing if the plan is to do a match of the of the school of Blood and Guts on TV. We had this exact same feeling before Revolution and we probably recorded podcasts similar to this. Mm, yeah. Just trying to like piece everything together and we didn't say... Oh, there's going to be an exploding barbed wire death match because it just caught everyone by surprise. Yeah. It was unhinged stipulation to do, such a risky stipulation to do, as unfortunately was realized on the night itself. But what I'm driving at is there is something big happening, Wilborn. There is something big in the plans, much like there was for Revolution that we couldn't determine at the time. And we don't know what it is yet. This podcast, I'm going to try and 
put my hat in the ring like I did when we thought we were getting some kind of blood and guts with the Super Elite and Mox and Kingston, etc. Or Mox and Death Triangle, it was. There is something big. We don't know what that big thing is yet. All I know is, respectfully, Brian Cage versus Kenny Omega isn't that big thing for a big four pay-per-view. I just don't think you may invent that and get a number like you've been getting for these AEW pay-per-views. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Before we get to your speculation on what this big thing is, I suppose I just I should just rule out the people you mentioned there in the rankings then. And, and in terms of that, before we get to the likes of Moxley and, and Kingston, people like Pack and Orange Cassidy, who by the numbers should be in contention, like you say, and may well get a world title shot, but it would purely have to be. I mean, Pack you could easily do on paper. You just have to build it. And you were saying with Orange Cassidy. But as of right now, I think you can probably rule them out for oh, four weeks' time, I suppose. Well, Pac's funny. We can rule 10 out for the existing rankings, which will, of course, be out of date by the time um, we upload this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 10 is not going to have a world title match with Kenny Omega. Pack, here's the thing. I love Pack. Everyone loves Pack. Everyone recognize him, recognizes him as this incredibly believable, spectacular performer. The fact that he can reconcile how awesome his stuff looks with how believable it looks like he's almost the perfect modern pro wrestler is pack i'm yet to see evidence that he's like a true draw who can genuinely headline a big four pay-per-view mm-hmm. i think if you go all the way with him which AEW haven't yet in fairness he's always been on that upper mid card level mm-hmm. 
I think with a sufficient build and like conviction, I think he can go up there, but he's not there yet mm. in terms of a pay-per-view selling star. Uh, Moxley, it feels like, well, we'll get to him imminently. Mm. Orange Cassidy is a sleeper candidate, you know. Orange Cassidy um, was before the lovely uplifting development at the end of 2020 when the Brody Lee Memorial shirt um, all the proceeds went to the Hoover family and like the community got together mm-hmm. and bought it en masse and got that to the PWT's number one. Um, Orange Cassidy was the number one biggest seller on all of pro wrestling tees. If you think of all the wrestlers that are on there, like Moxley, Omega, the books who sell by the bucket load, it was Cassidy. Cassidy has a pretty damn strong record in drawing and demos. Um, he's obviously got a good kayfabe record in the rankings. I think that Kenny Omega would one day absolutely love the idea of working a singles match with Orange Cassidy. I think they can do this tonally rich masterclass incorporating comedy and the great heel and babyface dynamic. That's my kind of sleeper for like proper logical monetary revenue reasons and how much I would actually like to see the match and how much they know people like me and you would love to see that match. Omega Cassidy is on my mind as a sleeper main event for Double or Nothing. It really is. Yeah, there's so many great spots you can already envisage with the... I hate to say the word lazy because that implies it's deliberate, but it's obviously in terms of... Just in terms of his... What's the word I'm, I'm looking for? The way Orange Cassidy behaves in a ring, it just lends itself perfectly to the to, as a counterbalance to the frenetic style of you know V-trigger, V-trigger, V-trigger. We're going for the one winged angel and what have you, and he's just there occasionally doing stuff like perfect example this week. Penn is trying to snap his arm, he puts his hand in his pocket. Wonderful. Well, like, how can you do the one winged angel with someone who's got their hands in their pockets? <laughs> can you imagine that Cassidy, Cassidy on Omega's shoulder. And he just puts his hands in his pockets and Kenny Omega's like reaching for that one arm to drill him down to the mat. And he's just looking and Kenny Omega would have the best face, by the way, to sell this specific spot. And he's looking and he realizes that Cassidy's got his hands in his pockets. Cassidy can then instantly take them out and do some kind of a, a victory roll. I mean, the match would be incredible. The match would, uh, in my opinion, on established like metrics, would draw something. But again, it feels soon, and it feels like of all the things that Kenny Omega has teased and like seeded, that's one of the few things he hasn't done yet, and he's gonna have to do something that is teased or foreshadowed on TV. Yeah, exactly. Like a lackadaisical, I suppose, is a good way of putting putting the way Orange Cassidy behaves. Like he's there in position on his knees, in position for a V trigger, and Kenny Omega does his little build up, runs into the ropes, and by the time he comes back, Orange Cassidy's put his sunglasses on, and that stops. Kenny yeah, so and that like, like that. Oh yeah, God, it worked so well. So it could well be that, that that's double or nothing. Um, I'll keep people on the hook for the big thing that we could consider and and rule out now. Well, not rule out, but discuss Moxley and Kingston, who. I think we, you, myself, and, and Michael Hanford, believe are probably going to go maybe more in the direction of the tag titles. But with their behaviour towards the elite and that bloody limo spot this week, uh, 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 they're definite contenders as well, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, Moxie's in the rankings. I don't know what kind of match you could do that. 
particularly since AEW soured people on the idea of an exploding barbed wire death match. If they ever do that again, it's going to be a hard sell mm-hmm. in terms of how they built it in storylines, doing something more like building something that is more violent than that. I and mean, it should be bloody easy at this point. The match itself was so great and so gnarly, but it just won't get remembered as such. What I'm getting at is that even if that all went well, you'd still struggle to like convince the ticket pay-per-view buying public. Oh, it's going to be something even more unhinged than this. And this is the match. I, I can't think of anything in pro wrestling history. That's got the aura of that kind of match. Um, there's of course like multiple derivations of like piranhas and swimming pools and like glass and light tubes and stuff like that but it's all perhaps a diminished return so what I'm getting at here is that there isn't and it surprised me last time but there isn't a singles gimmick match and it would kind of have to be a gimmick match at this point like considering the established storyline and how you convince people to, to buy things nowadays I can't see a avenue that gets Moxie and Omega four at this point mm-hmm. happen on TV on sorry on pay per view, um, particularly since the events of Revolution just started. I just can't see that happening for all of those reasons. Kingston versus Omega, they le- uh, yeah Kingston versus Omega they leaned on this as an actual eventuality, almost a formality, and um, through the angles that were happening on Dynamite this week. And it might, it might happen on TV a few months down the line. Might even happen at double or nothing. But it just feels like Mox and Omega, uh, sorry, Mox and Kingston are actively targeting the young books specifically Mm. um, because they turned on Moxie in that match. Um, It was their trainers that they wanted. Um, The fact that Moxley and Kingston are having a tag team match against Omega and Nakazawa, which in effect will get them to 2-0 if, in fact, they win because they've already got a victory as a team over the Good Brothers about a month or so ago. Yeah. What's happening on the Blood and Guts undercard is that a lot of the contenders are all going for the same uh, four-way match. So that'll, when they lose that and SEU win it, that'll push them down the ranks. One or two cheeky wins on Dark Elevation and one on Dynamite. That's how you get to Moxley and Kingston versus the Young Bucks which again leaves open the question, who the hell is having the match with Omega at double or nothing? This is like, consider this podcast like a 30-minute puzzle yeah. that we're trying to solve, but enjoying solving. The, the penultimate piece of this puzzle is an outside bet akin to someone we saw just do away with everything he's been doing previously in AEW by murdering Kip Sabian this week. And that's Miro. He said he wants to target titles. I think we all believe probably he's maybe going to go more after the TNT Championship because that dynamic may work a little bit better with with um, Darby Allen. But is he an outside bet for you for this world title? They've sure as hell been saying that he wants championships, championships, championships for quite some time. Um, for me, the dynamic's all wrong for double or nothing at this stage because... He was so like terrifying in that segment with Kip Sabian. What an awesome performance that was from Miro. It's a shame it's gone under the radar. And again, that sort of maybe speaks to the problem that there is so much going on on these Dynamite shows that individual moments, no matter how good, are going to get lost because they're not quite as good as the three or four things that were also brilliant. 
But Miro was awesome in that short segment. Like truly, truly like, oh my God, he's terrifying. He's hard. So much so that I felt like, I mean, respectfully, I've never felt anything for Kip Sabian as a character. I just haven't. And yet Miro was so awesome. And he was sort of like, Kip Sabian, that is, was sort of so... Like, come on, mate. Like, you're hurting us here, aren't we, friends? I felt like sorry for him. Like, I genuinely yeah. had like the first time I've truly felt an emotion um, for Kip Sabian. You want that Miro to be killing Darby Allen, like the baby face, not going after another heel. I just think that's all wrong. Before we get to Sidgwick's big dream pitch that AEW tend to reveal in the two or three weeks before a pay per view. Christian Cage mm-hmm. is too little. Christian Cage has a feud ongoing with Team Taz. It feels like if Omega retains a double or nothing, Cage is going to be primed for that fight a fest or fight for the fallen yeah, yeah. main event that they tend to do between um, double or nothing and all out. Um, which they have been doing for the last two years in any case. So he feels like he's that caliber and hopefully we'll get Cage versus Starks at the pay-per-view because that'll be unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> but it's worth a mention because he's held the title. He's had that initial confrontation with Omega. People will be asking the question, but if I'm here to answer it, I would say it's too soon. And again, respectfully, will it sell a big four pay-per-view when not only is there an established prestige of like major, major, this match feels enormous. Mm. They're doing blood and guts on TV before it. Like they have to have something big in the chamber for this. So come on then. Let's get to the, the big pitch because if we've ruled out almost the entire AEW roster. Who, Microsoft View, really is the next contender for the world title? Oh, I feel like that forbidden door is going to creak open a little bit. I think someone is going to step through it and that someone might just be playing air guitar. Oh, my days. Kenny Omega versus Hiroshi Tanahashi 2. They've done a match before in 2016 before that particular program got snake bitten. But in terms of a world title program, Omega versus Tanahashi 2, I feel like could sell a pay-per-view. Maybe not to the level of Revolution, which did a recoculous number by modern standards, according to uh, this week's Observer, 159000. Like, unbelievable. Uh, it's a shame Kenny Maker isn't a draw and can't do those numbers. <laughs> I firmly think that the baseline 100,000 AEW fans will certainly pay for a dream match of that caliber. Mm-hmm. Rosh Tanahashi is an absolute legend. He can take the fall. That would put world title level program Omega versus Tanahashi to 1 1. There's an inbuilt storyline um, to arrive at it because Kenny Omega at this point is playing the bell collector. And I know Tanahashi's not the champion, but bear with me. Kenny Omega's also effectively portraying the role as God. <laughs> and I know there's a Bushi. I know there's a Bushi as well, but that's the sort of thing that can develop later down the line. He's essentially playing God. One of Ibushi's gods is Hiroshi Tanahashi. Hiroshi Tanahashi beat Kenny Omega in Kenny Omega's last match um, in New Japan Pro Wrestling at the Tokyo Dome in January 2019. It was unbelievable. 
it was absolutely unbelievable pro wrestling storytelling because the idea was they took like a meta approach with it um, where Hiroshi Tanahashi was burying Kenny Omega's violent, explosive, debilitating style in which he used tables and all the rest of it. Um, he loved like tables and ladders. He was still doing like 90 stuff in uh, New Japan in addition to doing it now in AEW in 2021. And Hiroshi Tanahashi all along was saying that my pure style is better than yours. Mm. And then when they eventually had the match, it was so fantastic because Kenny Omega's style for so long was just punishing and pummeling um, Hiroshi Tanahashi. And Hiroshi Tanahashi, which put over Kenny Omega's style, as we all knew it would in the best possible way, dropped Omega with a poison runner. And just the idea of Tanahashi, of all people, doing a poison runner, just landed him on his neck. Just un-goddamn believable. Um, I feel like an interpromotional dream match. We've seen Forbidden Door stuff before, and it's mm. been great. The Kenta tag, Moxie Nagata will be great. But I think there's a sense that none of those could sell a pay-per-view. Loving that we're getting them. But I think that AEW must realize people are banging at this Forbidden Door stuff. It's drawing an impact, which didn't draw flies for about five years, if like not longer. Maybe they realize that this Forbidden Door deal is so much more of a ticket seller, of a buzz generator than they possibly thought. And they've realized, well, why don't we keep Hangman Page on the back burner? Christian Cage, don't get him ready yet shunt Moxley into the tag team division, which isn't a demotion in AEW at all, incidentally, just in case people get mistaken there. Just gently putting all of these challenges on the back burner so they can really heat up after double or nothing. And they can do a proper, huge main event-sized forbidden door angle. Tanahashi versus Omega. Omega can issue the challenge even, right? By saying... There's one blight on my record as this god of pro wrestling now. I beat a Carter at Dominion. Haven't beat a Bushi yet. But before I get to a Bushi, I need to avenge that loss to Hiroshi Tanahashi. I love it. And as always, with fantasy booking, if it doesn't happen, I'll be mightily disappointed. But we've they've developed such a faith with AEW that I sense they have got something big planned, whatever it is, for double or nothing. Um, I can't wait to see the next few weeks build to it. And yeah, in the meantime, we've got blood and guts on Wednesday. Sweet Jesus. Tanahashi might be busy around then. They might be doing whatever he does as a smoke screen. That's my personal, it's Friday, let me fantasy book pitch. Mm -hmm. But if it's not Tanahashi, I just feel like they're doing something big. They just haven't told us the very big thing that they are doing yet. Mm. Well, we'll wait with bated breath. Let us know your thoughts on who you think the next contender for the AW World title could be on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch that. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at um, Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts, including next week, our preview and review of Blood and guts but this has been get the table my thanks to michael sidgwick thank you for joining us and we will see you soon hold up what was that 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.